It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Someone would test positive for coronavirus within the organization. He was right. He tested positive. And number one draft pick, Justin Jefferson, went on the COVID-19 list today. Jefferson was one of four rookies on that list. It means they either tested positive for COVID-19 or they were in direct contact with somebody who did. Jefferson was first tested on Thursday. He is now in quarantine. Sugarman and his family have all tested positive. Last week, it took the media on a virtual tour of the Vikings facility, going into great detail on what the Vikings were doing to keep everybody safe. Have you guys seen the the dog in a burning room emoji? This is fine. The this is fine yeah, emoji. This yeah. is fine. That's I, I feel like that's what sports are. That's what the NFL and Major League Baseball are. NHL had no positives yesterday. Right. Best run sports league in a pandemic. Because right if you go into a bubble, it gives you a better chance. I can explain this very slowly to guys like Manfred and Goodell. Bubble, better chance. Day-to-day life, not as good of chance. So we'll, we'll get into the late-breaking Vikings COVID developments. And also, this is Twins Home Opener Day. Woo! Forget about the 17 Marlins that are sidelined with COVID and baseball being on the brink of shutting down. I already did. The Twins are playing the Cardinals tonight. I already did tonight, forget Dave. about those Marlins. Dave St. Peter will join the show and uh, we'll get to all kinds of things, including old tweets exposed as well. But first, a quick shout-out to Luther Brookdale Toyota 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard, where uh, they have been helping my family and I for 30-plus years, and uh, they can help you as well. In fact, right now, I, I don't know if I've ever seen some of these prices on 2020 brand-new vehicles. I, so I've been uh, I've been leasing for like eight years, uh, RAV4s, Camrys, Corollas, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm paying more than two forty nine a month, and I'm fine with it. It's great, but you can get into a great deal right now on a 2020 Rav Four for just two hundred forty nine dollars a month, or get one point nine percent financing for sixty months. How about a Corolla? You can lease one for just one hundred eighty nine dollars a month, or get fifteen hundred dollars cash back on a purchase. Might as well set yourself up for a great new ride the rest of this summer. LutherBrookdaleToyota.com is the website, and you can stop by on the corner of 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. All right, let's see here. Vikings head athletic trainer Eric Sugarman tested positive for COVID. Among other Vikings players who are now in quarantine, star rookie wide receiver Justin Jefferson yeah. is on that list. Yeah, that's not necessarily a good thing. No. Major League Baseball is experiencing outbreaks just four days into the season, including 
17 players and coaches on the Miami Marlins roster right Rob now. Manfred told 17. MLB Network on Monday night, it's fine, don't worry, don't. they expected oh, this, dude. it's no problem, and it's the Marlins, so... They'll now, play Wednesday. God, now, God forbid this would be the Yankees or Dodgers, because then it would be the houses on oh, fire, yeah. get out, get out, get out, but it's the Marlins, so... Uh, also, uh, worth noting on the Marlins, and I am I love our guy Timmy Kirkchen, who's been a friend of Score North and previously 1500 ESPN for years, all right, he's been, he's been uh, a great contributor mm-hmm. he was on get up this morning with mike greenberg and he said at some point you've got 17 players out and yeah we've got these taxi squads and these pools of player but it's at, at some point integrity of the game matters and you can't just run out a roster of anybody i'm like wait a second timmy have you watched the marlins the last nine years <laughs> yeah the marlins have been running out single a rosters oh. since 2011 See, for god's sake this is the one year i'm telling you we've got to get past that We've got to get past playing 60 games. We've got got to get past, oh, my God, if they don't have their everyday um, second baseman and shortstop, they can't play. Yeah. This is the year where you've got to say every day that you can play is just fun. Don't sweat the, the rest. And if you have to shut down, you do. But that's our problem is, like, we're going for the, well, now that it started, it should be a normal season, right? And the integrity is the championship. World Series, we can't think like that. You know, I'm actually get past sort of sadistically. Look, I don't want any Twins players to get knocked on their ass with symptoms or something far worse. So I'm not. I'm certainly not rooting for positive COVID cases. But I think it's just it, it's <laughs> you'd be a piece of work clarify, if you were. Just to clarify, you know what I'm rooting for? A lot of positive. Although tests. there there are some media wars going back and oh, forth right man. now, like of you know prominent sports writers who come off as if they are rooting for the seasons to explode, but. Like there, there will be a time if the season continues where something happens to the Twins roster. Where I mean, they're, they're not in a bubble. So if 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 uh, Max Kepler or Eddie Rosario wants to go out and hang out with some friends outside the bubble, and one of them gets catches COVID, and six guys on the roster, but I, I'm sort of looking forward to like three St. Paul Saints players having to come over <laughs> and play for the Twins in a series against the Indians in August. Things well, like that Kirloff, are going to happen. Kirloff, Kirloff. Larnick. Rooker. Yep, and those guys are probably not ready to play. Like especially, especially Royce Lewis, who's never really succeeded above a ball. Yeah, but those guys are probably going to have to play a role at some point well, in the season. So, but we need to get we need to get past this this feeling that now that we've started, it has to be normal. You know, it has to be the integrity of the game. The integrity of the game. This game could shut down tomorrow, and you would not be surprised. Yeah. Yeah, the, the integrity of the game is I, – I actually saw on Pat McAfee's show yesterday, they said, why don't we just turn it into MLB COVID Survivor? Literally the team that has anyone on their roster left over at the end of the year is crowned champion of Major League Baseball. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe we just have to pivot. <laughs> Congratulations, Pittsburgh Pirates. <laughs> you managed to avoid the vid. You're the champions. So I think the question is, you know – and we're going to get into other things here, but you know, how should sports proceed? You know, the, is it is it as simple as some people are saying, which is, well, the Marlins just had 17 players test positive. This clearly isn't working, and so let's just shut this all down. Um, I, 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 I want to play this out. I want to see how this works out. If you look at the state of Minnesota, for instance, and I, do, and I do think we should be continuing to take COVID as seriously as possible. We should all wear masks. Let's put this thing, let's put water on this thing as much as we can, but... ICU rates are dropping. Death rates are not what we thought a few months ago. It is very much something that needs, at some point, a vaccine, and so I'm not downplaying it. But I think where we were at in March where, oh, my God, Rudy Colbert 
caught COVID. Let's shut the world right. down, which is which was the right thing to do at the time. Right. We have more information about it. I think there's a way forward here. Major League Baseball should have had some sort of contingency plan for what if 20 guys get wiped out on a roster, which is literally what's happening to the Marlins. Mm-hmm. There are plans in place. So I, I just I'm not in the shut it all down camp because the Marlins roster is on fire. I'm in the, let's see what happens. Cancel a couple games. Let's see what happens. Well, we've, hell, we've made it this far. I mean, we've already gone down this tunnel. So There's two things here. I, I agree with you on point one, and I think that we have to be prepared to shut teams down for two weeks, and I think we have to be prepared not for not to have every team play the same amount of games, okay, at the rate we're going right now. But I do believe, and I said this a couple weeks ago, any night we get of sports now is a gift. So, like, we shouldn't be like, wait till the next series, right? <laughs> this is the one year where if we get games, awesome. That's great. And if we don't, too bad. Uh, but where there's a secondary part to this that we, I think, have to be aware of and that could creep up is what happens when somebody gets really sick, too. And then, and then do we sing the same tune of, let's just go on, or do we say, hold on a second here? Because... Look, in this state, I think for the most part, especially it seems like in the metro, we're doing a pretty good job. Okay. But a lot of states aren't. And this thing is still scary. And we can cite chapter and verse of statistics all we want. But the reality is there are some people who are getting incredibly sick, and it's not the flu. So I think step two, and I've got a bad feeling that football is going to deal with this possibly more than once. Step two I, I is think going, football might be screwed. Well, but when somebody gets really, really sick, how do we take that, interpret that? Do we just say you got to keep going, or do, do we say, oh, oh, my God, this was a mistake? And I don't know the answer to that. Um, but, yes, with where we are right now, I think you shut the Marlins down. I don't care. Two weeks, that's fine. All right. I have a – and then you And then you keep – Playing teams that can still play. This I, I I don't mean to sound flippant here, but I'm going to ask this question. Reckless speculation. Do you think if baseball continues forward and if football barrels in and continues forward? <laughs> That's well put, by the way. All right. Football. Here we come. Dante Hightower, star Patriots linebacker, just opted out of the season. And um, defensive tackle from the Chicago Bears. His name escapes me, but he's a very good player. Um, Eddie Goldman, standout defensive tackle Eddie Goldman has opted out of the season. Mm -hmm. If these leagues barrel forward, do you think we'll see a coach or a player? I was going to say, let's just, let me just ask it. Do you think someone, do you think someone in the NFL or major league baseball dies of COVID in 2020? I fear that a coach in football might be because those guys lots of times uh, probably have underlying conditions or, you know, conditions on the surface. Um, my fear is yes, because I don't know what else would stop these leagues. I, I think I think they would stop before someone died, but I'm wondering what the line is. Let me throw that we back haven't at reached you. the line yet. Are you so okay? Let's say let's say God forbid a linebackers coach for a team dies. You sure they'll stop? I'm not so sure they'll stop. I don't know. Like if a head coach I, dies, I, I think know. if a player dies, yeah, I think I think definitely they'd stop. If the assistant linebackers coach for Team X gets COVID-19 and dies, I'm not sure they stop. I don't know. I mean, we have clearly made the choice as a country. We've all we've all just become sort of desensitized and numb to the numbers that rise every day. And I get that of the 147,000 people who have died from COVID since March in this country, that a large percentage of them 
are over the age of 70, 80, were in assisted living homes, and were they were on their way later in life as sure. it, as it is. It's not like it's not like one hundred fifty thousand thirty year olds have died. So I I'm aware of that. I fear I fear if a sixty five year old linebackers coach dies that we will get a large portion of the population saying he could have got the flu and died, which I don't agree with, which I think is, uh, and, but I mean, I, every time I tweet about this, I still get a decent return of, no. you know, you're buying in, huh? But what do you think like for baseball right now, they've got, they basically have an entire roster here with the Miami Marlins that is in quarantine. You know, like seventeen have yeah. tested positive. They've wiped. They've wiped out their whole roster. They didn't play yesterday. They're not going to play today. My guess is they probably aren't going to play the rest of the week. I don't know. Like what? What are they? How, how would they play the rest of the week unless they literally brought in like fifteen dudes well, from outside the organization or on their taxi you, squad? They can't. They can't play with the infected players for two weeks, right? No. The, the, I think. I think if players. I th- I think if players test negative twice and those tests are spaced 24 hours apart, they, clear them to go? they can come back and okay. play. All right. So they, I don't think they have to be out for two weeks. But I think my question here is we've already seen within the first five days a team out. If you, if you, if you get outside the bubble, this is what happens. It's a math equation. If everyone's inside the bubble, it takes something from outside the bubble getting inside the bubble to infect, and then you go from there. When there is no bubble, you're literally at the mercy of – the 50 people, coaches, players, personnel, PR people, whatever, everyone that has access to a baseball team, mm-hmm. it becomes a math equation of all 50 of those people are now leaving the bubble, which doesn't exist, and they are coming into contact with three, four family members, some friends, whatever it may be, delivery people, restaurants, and then all of the contact. So it's you're just opening it. You're asking for this to happen, and it happened within the first four or five days. Right. And baseball has said, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna play this out," which I think is the right thing. I think I think they should. Con- I mean, you've already made it this far; you might as well see what happens. But but where where is the line? Like, at what point will they just say, "All right, is it six teams that get a, a roster wiped out?" Because right now you've got, I think you have at least four teams that aren't playing baseball this week, right? Like like where is the line here I for think, Major League Baseball? So so I think because sports is. Bottom line, it's crass. It's about. It's about. Is Fox? Is ESPN? Are they going to pay us? I honestly think the line is probably somebody damn near dying or dying. Uh, because if they abort this thing, think of the millions of dollars of of just flat out straight television revenue that's going to be lost, right? And if they abort it, no World Series, no sixteen team playoff. They're going to get paid for that. So I don't your your question is based on basically is there a moral line here like we mm-hmm. like this is not right we can't do this because uh, if money didn't play any role, right. well, and then, I get that that's an impossible. Then if. I think it would be teams. Then I think it would be like let's say three teams were done, uh, but because it does play a huge role, and because they they start they didn't start for us. Sports don't start for us. Sports starts to make money, right? I think the line is not a moral one. I think it's a financial one. And I think it would I think Fox would have to come and be like, dude, a manager just died. We can't televise this crap for them to be like, okay, we're done. <laughs> I don't it's funny because like what you just said is crazy. 
but I don't disagree with it. I don't know if you're wrong. Like you literally said, like it, it. sports are going to go forward until Joe Madden dies. Like that's what that's basically what yes, we're saying. And I'm not applauding it. I'm I'm not I'm not saying I'm right because I think this is right. I'm saying I think this is all driven by a financial machine that's not going to be derailed unless somebody who pays baseball comes to baseball or football and says you have to stop. Right. And even though you just said that sports will continue to push the line forward until Joe Madden dies or somebody dies. Yeah, I am sitting here right now, and maybe I am insane as well. And I'm saying, well, I mean, we've made it this far through this murky year, and we've done it. We've done it this way for four and a half, almost five months. Mm-hmm. And so, all right, I guess I'll make some popcorn and see what well, happens. I don't know. I mean, my question back to you is: once you start, when do you then stop? <laughs> Be, but know. because I mean, nothing, nothing. Joe Madden dies. I guess. N- nothing that's happening is a surprise. No. Like if I had told if I had told things you that two, you would have had in theory talked about if two I had told ago. you two weeks back, hey Phil, come here, the Miami Marlins are going to be decimated. One, you'd be like, well, they suck. First of all, second of all, you would say plausible. Actually, if you would have said, all right, Phil, a team is going to get seventeen players in the first four days wiped out with COVID. Which team is it? Probably, I would have said Marlins or. Tigers. I don't know. Pro- probably the Marlins. <laughs> Tigers. So I would. I would have. I yeah. would have guessed correctly. So. Uh, so here we are. Uh, anyways, we'll see what happens. The Twins are going to play tonight, and they should. The Twins have uh, one of the best lineups in baseball, and they play the Cardinals. So we'll see what happens. To this point, the Twins have had no positive tests that we know of, anyways, and uh, a lineup will come out at some point. But uh, we'll we'll see. Fingers crossed that the Twins can at least win out the battle of attrition and continue on this World Series path that I have told you guys they are on in 2020. Well, hopefully Rick Renteria doesn't have it because I know the manager for the White Sox. He felt like a scratchy throat the other day. Scratchy throat and some nasal congestion, and they sat him out. They tested him. They haven't announced anything. But that if anyone on Chicago tests positive, then we're going to feel that ramifications here. Yeah, and that's and by the way, one last thing on this. So baseball. It's everyone is spread out. You've, like the outfielders are spread out. Yep. Even the first baseman, yep. the first baseman standing next to a runner at first. That runner's leading off. They're not standing next to each other for that long, and they're not. They're not certainly like interacting physically at first base. Uh, the pitcher is standing sixty feet away from home plate, and you can still spread COVID because everyone's kind of touching the same okay. baseball once in a while. Think about football. Oh, football screwed. You literally have it's going to run three hundred like pounds sweaty linemen. Bashing into each other. And huge rosters, too. Yes. Okay, here's the one good thing about rent Renteria's deal, though. I would say this. Odds, if a Twins employee was going to get it from him, it would probably be Baldelli, right? Because, you know, ma- managers talk, blah, blah, blah. What does... Well, what does are they standing next to each other? But that's my point. What does Rocco Baldelli have to say to Rick, though? Like, Rick Renteria is an old-school guy, strikes me as an old-school guy. My guess is Rocco is like, hey, Rick, good to see ya. Yeah, I mean, if I think Rocco— Like, it'd be different if it was Derek Shelton. You know, good buddies, they might talk, and oh, my God, it's spread. Yeah. Yeah. Rick Renteria. They can can wear masks and talk from a few feet away. Exactly. I totally forgot Rocco Rocco Baldelli was number five on the Twins. Because, like, he's actually wearing his jersey out there that opening weekend. Because he wore a hoodie every single game last year. That's true. So when I was like, he's number five, I had no idea he even had a number because the dude had a hoodie on. I would not have been able to tell you that. I know. Royce Molly. Kadaya, right? Cuddy, yeah. Yeah, there you go. All right, boys. Yeah. Let's do this. Speaking of powering ahead. That's right. Judd Zolgad with Vikings training camp 
we had a bunch of players report last week, and uh, mostly like the rookies and young players. And now we get the full roster this week. We'll see what happens with Dalvin Cook, and you can find a discussion about that on Purple Daily and also the Score North YouTube page, youtube.com slash Score North. Judd Zolgad has brought to the table here five pressing Vikings offensive issues. Declan Goff, I'll let you take the musical duties from here. You got it. All right, Judd, what are the five pressing well, Vikings offensive issues in 2020? First of all, I've got one that, that I saw on on Twitter this morning that I did not have in mind, uh, but I want to get opinions. Kirk Cousins, it looks like he showed up today, socks and sandals, and, and somebody tweeted out the picture, and Kirk said, Oh, no, I'm looking at the picture. My wife is going bad. to kill me. Dawn gets very upset if I wear socks with my sandals, and I got to admit, on this one, I'm Team Kirk. Not with no, the, not dude, with the no. thong sandals. I've done it. Yes. No, 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 yeah, I've done it. I've done it. I've done it. I've done it, boys. No, 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 no. How, first of all, forget about, <laughs> forget about the, the, the style impl- implications yes. here, okay? Yes, I've done From it. From a style standpoint, it's just it's usually just a no-go. I'll give you one scenario where it actually, it, it's, it's not totally acceptable, but you can get away with it. Okay. There is no scenario in which you can wear thong sandals with socks and have it be stylishly acceptable, for one, but also just like... It's not comfortable. No. I've your sock is bunched up I sort in of your like toe it. crevice. I sort of like it. You are sick in the head. How is it But I've been criticized. I've taken heat for this. What's the purpose of the sock with a thong sandal? My feet get cold. But I like the sandal well, sometimes. Then wear a tennis shoe. Then wear a tennis shoe. I would, I just, I'm just telling you, it's my personal preference at times to wear if, a sock with my sandal. And I've been criticized, so I just, when Kirk did it, I wanted to see if it was as taboo as I've been told. And evidently the answer is yes. If you want the slide sandals, you can wear socks with it. Those are totally, that's totally acceptable. Okay. But the thong sandal is the not. Thong, okay, so it is okay with the, because I think Dawn said both both ways are a no-go for her when it comes to what I'm wearing. Okay, so once right. in a while, I've got, I've got like the Under Armour, they're kind of like those old Adidas yeah. Sandals where it's like the big Velcro strap over the top. So I've got these white Under Armour sandals that I just wear around. Yeah. If I have to go down, get the mail or something, right. whatever, right? Go down to the pool. Sometimes I will wear no-show, not ankle socks, but like no-show socks okay. with those. Just because it's they're so low profile and like most of your foot is still showing. And it keeps your toes, whatever. Keeps them, keeps them. It's, it still looks bad, yeah. but that's the only scenario I would say it's acceptable. Okay. I'm not criticizing you at all. I'm just asking. The quarterback does Just it. to be clear, He's I am millions. criticizing you. Yeah, we are. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I'm telling you, though, I have finally found common ground after all of these years. Common ground with Kirk Cousins. All right. Yes, what, I do. Was that was that uh, your, right. was that no, number just one? A, no, it was just a question. No, was that just, ju- uh, number one? It was the first question. pressing Vikings no. offensive issue. The quarterback <laughs> wears socks <laughs> with his thong sandals. Yes. Everything that, that's wrong with Cousins starts with how he shows up Come at training on, camp. Dude. All right, number one. Gary's in charge. That's my headline for this one. That's a that's an issue. No, it's a it's a pressing topic because of this. Oh, so these aren't all issues. No, they're pressing topics. Got as it. training okay. camp starts. I so saw they're the not issue issues. And thought you were gonna No, no, no. The these are the pressing topics of are things gonna change? Are and some of these are issues that are of concern and some are just topics. Uh, Dex, I think we have to change the headline on this video here I too. So. I feel like it's misleading if we use the word issue because right. issue oh, to yeah. me is a negative connotation. We would never we would never want to mislead <laughs> on a headline for a uh, video. <laughs> Ever, ever, ever. Oh. All right, so 
Kubiak assumes control from Stefanski of the offense, or does he? Or does he? Because, all right, Kevin Stefanski got the Browns job after last year, in part because he did a very good job of executing and play calling the offense for the Vikings, Phil Mackey, in 2019. We all agree on that, right? Mm-hmm. But as we talked about at the time, whose offense was he executing? It was Gary Kubiak's. Mm-hmm. So now Kubiak goes from being an advisor for Stefanski and the offense to basically being the guy calling the plays. And Zim, on his uh, Zoom call on Saturday, was asked about this and about the changes and about, you know, is it going to be really different with Stefanski gone now? And his quote was, uh, I'll just read part of this. Offensively, it's not going to change hardly at all. Gary was very, very influential in everything that we went about offensively. I'm not trying to take anything away from Kevin. And it was basically Gary's offense. And a lot of things that were installed was Gary's offense. If you're the Browns, I wonder how you feel about that. They're basically okay. saying, if you're the Browns, hey, we love Kevin, and but. you listen to to Score North or Mackie and Judd or Collar at all, you knew, you knew that this Gary, was, was Gary Show, Gary Show. Mm-hmm. So, so the question is, what changes are we going to see from Coobs? And the answer is, I think we will see some play calling be a little bit different, Phil Mackie, but I don't think we're going to see anything that we're going to say on opening day if we get there. Yeah. Wow, that's a surprise. And I think, I think the continuity of Gary Kubiak just stepping into that role. It's great for Kirk Cousins. It's great for the remaining offensive linemen. It's great for Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I, this is just not the offseason to be installing something new. And the fact that the Vikings can roll a lot of their key pieces into year three of a similar system anyways, um, or at least year three in terms of similar personnel and for sure year two of a system, it's a good thing. All right? That's that's item number one. Yes. You like that? You like that? Pressing topic number two as the Vikings report to training camp on this Tuesday. Will Dalvin show up? All right, I'm very confused. In early June, Dalvin's reps through ESPN basically said he's done participating in anything until he gets a new contract. On Saturday on the Zoom call, Zimmer said he's showing up on Tuesday. Who told you that, Mike? He did. On Saturday evening, Dalvin's representatives, again working through Bristol, Connecticut, said, congratulations to Mike on his contract extension. He never talked to Dalvin. All right. So, but it never said he's not showing up. And then yesterday, I guess, Zim went on um, an all-sports station that is based in St. Louis Park, and he said, I never said I talked to Dalvin. All right. I'm going to cut through all, I'm going to swim through all the crap for you. Dalvin will show up because he wants to be an unrestricted free agent after 2020. But it is a question, and and Phil, the last thing about this that's going to be very interesting to see is it's been floated out there that guys like Kittle and Cook, who don't have new contracts, are going to show up and then refuse to participate in practice, to which I have one question. Aren't you violating your contract? And what would the value of, if, if, if there is a clause, a contractual clause that says you must show up to training camp to trigger th- that year of service, right? Mm-hmm. Why would there then be a loophole that says, oh, I mean, if you just like physically show up and wear, I don't know, socks with sandals and stand on the sideline, you're good. You're good. I feel like you should have to at least participate in a practice. Yeah, I'm Or all of the practices. I understand why Dalvin Cook is looking to leverage this point in his football career to make life-changing money. And you could argue maybe he's made life-changing money to this point. He's made like $5 million in his NFL career through the first handful of years. 
Um, so I, I get it from his perspective that this is his one shot. He was put on earth to play football. This is his shot professionally mm-hmm. to set himself and family up for life. And the Vikings have to say too bad. Like the Vikings have to say, yeah. dude, like yeah. you're under contract this year for a couple million dollars. We'll figure out 2021, whether it's us or somebody else, like you'll get another contract in the NFL. But for this year, for many different reasons, we just need you under contract for $2 million. I agree like, with you completely. The salary cap's sorry. going down, not going up, going down. So that is item number two. Football. Item three. What, one of the biggest questions probably go, going into camp, assuming that we do play a season, replacing Stefan Diggs. All right. So Stefan, unhappy here. Forces a trade to Buffalo. The Vikings get four draft pick, picks back in March. At the time, I think we all looked at Spielman and said, pretty good job there, right? I mean, that's pretty good job. Four picks for a guy that you knew was trying to get out of town. And then in the first round of the draft, they take uh, Justin Jefferson, who is going to start the training camp on the reserve slash COVID-19 list. Um, all right, so so they signed Tajay Sharp, right? BC Johnson might be good, but this comes down to one thing, I think. Can Justin Jefferson step in day one and not be Diggs because he's not going to be, but be the compliment to Thielen where he is damn good? Because I don't see a workaround here where if if Jefferson struggles, and believe it or not, we have seen Vikings first-round receivers in the past struggle. If Jefferson struggles in year one, I don't see a great workaround to it's going to be fine. So really the question becomes how quickly can Justin Jefferson replace Stefan Diggs to the point where the Vikings offense can operate as efficiently in the past. Yeah. And I actually think in terms of making up for the absence of Stefan Diggs, I don't think it's 100% on Justin Jefferson. I think it's probably like 40 or 50% on Justin Jefferson, which is that that seems like a fair ask for a first round draft pick who's highly touted to put up huge numbers in college. And I honestly think the other 40 or 50% is Partially Adam Thielen just staying healthy for a full year. Sure. In any remaining chunk of that pie, let's call it 30%, is Irv Smith. I think it's time for Irv Smith to take a step forward and and be more of a force in the Vikings passing game. So mm-hmm. I'm not I'm obviously not saying that Irv Smith is going to do the exact same things that Stefan Diggs does, but in terms of overall productivity in the passing game, it can't just be that Justin Jefferson, you got to make up for Stefan Diggs. It's it's partially Justin Jefferson, it's partially Adam Thielen's health. And then it's partially Irv Smith maybe emerging as a go-to pass-catching tight end in the NFL. And he's damn good, too, so yep. that's very possible. I don't think I would ask for much more of Kyle Rudolph at this point in his career. Like, Take what you He's get. good. Yep. If he can catch 30, 40 passes and just can't really jump. That's fine. He no just vertical. has to just stand the in the back corner gone. of the end zone yeah. and catch touchdown passes. But it, that's it, all but we need from it, him. It's important that Jefferson is perceived as a threat because if opposing teams can roll their coverage plans to 19 too much, that becomes a bit of a problem. Football. (laughs) Pressing topic number four. Where will Cleveland land? You like that? Wow. Ezra Cleveland, second round pick by the Vikings. He is the, without a question, I think, he is the left tackle of the future. And, of course, when the Vikings drafted him, there was talk about, is he going to be moved to guard for 2020 so the, that uh, Riley Reef can stay at left tackle? Are they going to try and shift Reef to tack or to guard so that, that Cleveland can start from day one at tackle? But with no OTAs, no camps, basically no preseason games, uh, I, think it's a, I think it's a real question of, is Cleveland going to be expected to start on day one now, or are they, they going to be comfortable basically having him 
be the backup for most of this year to Reef at left tackle and then assume that job in 2021. I think if you get too uh, grandiose with your plans of let's just move this guy here, it's one thing to have that guy on the field all summer and spring and do those things. It's another to ask a kid coming in, hey, we're going to play a guard for a a year. Uh, So I think it's a viable question about where Cleveland is going to play. And I think there also is the question of, are they going to expect him to play much in 2020, or is this yeah. going to end up being a learning season? That, that That's actually my biggest question. In a normal season, I actually don't think it's a stretch to say that he would start week one, at, whether it's guard or tackle. Mm-hmm. This season, because we're sitting here and it's the last week in July and they have yet to really get their hands on him at all, you know, at, until last week. Um I think the question is, does he start at all in the first month of the season? I think he's going to play. Like, he's going to play, and they're going to need bodies, and there's going to be injuries, and guys are sure. going to test positive for COVID. But like, do you move him off? Play. Do you consider him going off of tackle? And, and in, in Reef's case, too, if the plan had been in the spring to move Reef to guard, I don't think that's a, a fair ask now, because I think the last time he played guard was in college at Iowa. Yeah. So I would I would probably look with because this is the last year of Riley Reef's contract and he's been he's got two years he, left actually well but they can cut him after this yeah. year yeah I mean this is the last year of yeah. I think the guaranteed money that matters so um, and and I would just I would probably instead of looking to have one guy learn a position in the NFL for the first time and then another guy relearn a position he hasn't played in a long time I would keep the left tackle stability early on mm-hmm. and and by stability I mean it's he's not spectacular at left tackle but. He's reliable enough. He's not a disaster. He's not TJ Clemmings. I, no. I would I would start with Riley Reef at left tackle and then go from there with whatever happens in training camp. And our and our last pressing Football. topic on offense. The defense comes tomorrow, FYI. Our last pressing topic, Vikings offense reporting to training camp today. Speaking of guard, are you familiar with the works of Drew Samia? Because if you're not, you should be. My, my guess is opening day unless he absolutely falls flat in camp, that Drew Samia is going to be your starting right guard. Now, he got into two games in 2019, and he played on the offensive line in one game, but he played a good share, a good percentage of the snaps in that last game against the Bears when the Vikings had a playoff position locked up. Mm -hmm. Um, But Josh Klein is gone. The Vikings seemingly did not do a thing to address with a veteran the right guard position uh, during the summer. And so there's going to be a competition there. Dakota Dozier, um, Drew Samia, but I think the opening day right guard is Samia. My question is at left guard then. If you don't shift things around, do you come back with Elfline or do you try and create a competition there as well? Are, are we ready to deem Elfline a total bust at this point? Or Because I'm actually... No, not yet. I think he's been really, really bad for the most part. The first two years, but I am willing to give him. I, I think we're pretty. We're pretty. I think in this 2020 social media era, it's really easy to just cancel somebody in anything. And I think we do it with young athletes, where we just, well, a guy's bad as a rookie, and so he's canceled, sure. or he's bad after his first couple of years, and so get him out of here. I'm willing to give him a few games, a month or two, to see if there's some improvement, because he was very highly touted. As an interior offensive lineman he, coming out of Ohio State. he was good State. his first year. And, so, and then he, he got, got hurt a, a couple separate times. He I think he cracked his shoulder pretty badly in the uh, conference title game. Uh, but he was pretty good that first year at center, got moved to guard, and struggled. To answer your question, 
I'm fearful he's not good, but I would give it another shot. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be in, in it for 16 games if it doesn't work well, but I would definitely... I would think that on day one of camp that he is going to be the starting left guard, and they're basically going to challenge him to lose that job. Football. Those are my five pressing concerns, or I'm sorry, need issues, not concerns. My five pressing issues on the offensive side of the Mr. ball. Mr. Negative. For the Just Vikings. jerks to the word The concern. five pressing mm. defensive issues come tomorrow, and let me tell you. Are they, they, are they all issues, or are they topics? To- yeah, it's big for they're topics. Okay. social media. Okay. It doesn't. Well, no, issue is a, I think, okay. is a negatively connotated okay. word. Five pressing. A, we have an issue we need up. to talk about. I'll clean this up. Yeah, but that's the way you said it. Right? If somebody, could be an issue. If somebody texts you and says, Joe, we have an issue we need to talk about, do you think, oh, God, here it I'm comes? Screwed. I would, or, or do you think, oh, someone wants I would to talk send, about a topic? I would send a note back saying, do you consider that to be a pressing issue? <laughs> hey, we need to talk a little. Anyway, we're, you're screwed. Anyway, <laughs> defensively, Five pressing topics come go. tomorrow, and they will start. They will start not on the field, but on the sideline. Football with the coaching staff. A little tease for you for tomorrow. Nice, right. nice. Uh, Vikings training camp this week. Kirk Cousins wearing socks with thong sandals, and so we're off to a Lay great start. Him. Lay off him. Great start. I want to know: is it really the, that, that bad? The head of COVID prevention in the Vikings practice facility has COVID, so we're off to a really okay, good that's start. That's a here. bad. That's a bad thing. <laughs> I'm telling you, the socks and sandals don't bug me. Um, we have to get into some old tweets exposed here, and we'll talk to Dave St. Peter, Twins president, as well. And for daily Vikings conversations, in addition to what you get here on Mackie and Judd. Purple Daily, we are the hosts, Mackie and Judd of Purple Daily, and uh, and that's both in podcast form, Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and also youtube.com slash scorenorth for daily Vikings content in your feed. A quick shout-out to Federated Mutual Insurance Company, the 2020 Federated Challenge, which is not the normal Federated Challenge, which is uh, a wonderful in-person fundraising event. This was a virtual event, a virtual gala that took place a couple days ago, raised $3.1 million for Big Brothers, Big Sisters. So even during this unprecedented time, a record 61 prominent businesses and more than 500 attendees logged onto their computers and their mobile devices to support youth mentoring in Minnesota and throughout America. Big Brothers, Big Sisters is the largest and oldest youth mentoring group in the country, and they've been helping kids reach their full potential for a long, long time. And Federated has been right there um, amplifying the word of big brothers and big sisters and helping to raise money. So find out more at federatedchallenge.com if you want to learn about uh, the great work that all kinds of prominent businesses and big brothers and big sisters are doing. All right, every single Tuesday on the show here, we get our comeuppance. We get 11 years of tweets Tens of thousands of tweets, sometimes maybe after a couple adult beverages. Mm-hmm. Don't tell me about it. We get them thrown back in our face. Declan Goff searches through the archives of Twitter, and uh, and he exposes old tweets of Mackie and Judd. Let's start with the first one. Oh, my. All right, so this is from Phil Mackie. I just need an explanation here from you, Phil. This oh is my from God. Uh, what? May what? 8th. 2014, so right around draft day, and there's there's tweets with you guys talking about the idea of the Vikings drafting Manziel, maybe even drafting Blake Bortles. I have another oh, yeah. take on that. Oh yeah, that was but out there. Phil goes. Oh my god. Is it possible Johnny Manziel, Manziel, for all question marks equals Steph Curry? 
<laughs> Explanation, please, Phil Mackey. Explanation. I'm trying to figure it out. So this is clearly this is the draft leading up to. And and by the way, we knew that the Vikings were in the market for a quarterback in the first round. So yep. I was tweeting a lot about quarterbacks. It's Zimmer's first draft, right? This is Mike Zimmer's first draft. Teddy Bridgewater wound up being the pick. Although there was a report, was it Jake Laser that reported the Vikings were trying to trade up to with like Philadelphia. 22, with Philadelphia, mm-hmm. for Manziel. Yes. There was. So uh, this is an inexplicably bad take. But it's also, in <laughs> fairness, in fairness, it is not a take. It is a question. Mm-hmm. I am merely posing yeah. a question. Right. I'm merely saying, because I think if you were to go back and listen to our show, and if you were to go back and read other tweets, and I'm sure you could do this, <laughs> I think I pretty quickly turned on Johnny Manziel. Yes, you did. Okay. There's there's tweets of you turning on him very quickly. But you and Judd were basically taking questions, and, and there are questions. Oh. This posing about, questions. Hey, if Blake Bortles is at eight, would you take him? Yeah. Johnny Manziel. Just would throwing you take it out him? there. Yeah. So I think what I'm trying to say here is, hey, when Steph Curry was a draft prospect, people looked at him and they just focused on the negative things, right? He's too small. He's skinny. Uh, yeah, like David Kahn he's focused on those things. First. Yeah. He's not a distributor of the ball. He's just He just wants to jack up threes, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that turned out pretty well for Steph Curry and the it NBA. Did. And so I think my logic with this question was, Listen, Johnny Menzel, he's too small and he runs around and stuff. Well, maybe this is the style of quarterback play that the NFL is going to adopt. And I will say, mobile quarterbacks have, I think, reached the peak in 2019. Are you really trying to put lipstick so on this pig of a current. question? <laughs> Are you really doing that? Just saying. Listen, I'm a visionary. I told you mobile quarterbacks were going to be the next thing. That's what I said in this question, all right? I am ready. That's what I meant. I am ready for what I'm going to get, and I will not attempt to put lipstick on the pig. I meant to say Deshaun Watson. I mistyped it. It came out Johnny yeah. Menzel. It yeah. autocorrected incorrectly. Yep. All right, let's go to Judd. Old tweets exposed. Shout out to a listener for this one. He uh, tweeted it on Saturday. And it's from the 2018 Vikings season. Oh, no. As you watch the Vikings struggle through this first half, remember that this team would have to basically decline its invitation to the playoffs. <laughs> and they did! To miss the postseason. <laughs> and they did! December 10th, 2018. I remember wow. I remember this tweet, and it, it took an act of God for them to miss the playoffs, and they did it! Congratulations! <laughs> look at all the look at all the the positive traction on this too. Ninety two fans, yeah, hell yeah, we're yeah, going to the playoffs. In. We're in the playoffs, hell yeah, Judge right. You know why? Skull. Th- this got tweeted at me because I tweeted there is no way the Twins can miss the playoffs in the sixteen team field. <laughs> so somebody found this. Whoever did did this, yeah. nice work. Somebody found this and was like, really, Judd? How did someone remember that you tweeted this? Yes. I have no idea. And then they added me saying, use it for old tweets. Wow. Oh, well, yeah, That's amazing. You know what? And it's a great one. It's it is amazing. a great one. Dude, this, I, I've this, had yeah. I've had people like <laughs> there there's a couple accounts, mostly twins accounts that will I don't know if they like save my takes and tweets from years ago and then like have a calendar mark for when things happen, but it's like the perfect tweet to get me from six years ago. It's like, there it is. Somebody had it archived. But you know what? Hey, God bless them. It's okay. Good work. Are you, are you going to self-report here too, oh, Declan? We have a quarterback, right? another great. Yeah, which Vikings quarterback were you too high on? Yeah. Oh, boy. Well, it's it's in the vein of... Joe Webb is going to the Pro Bowl. <laughs> of what you were talking about, Phil. And here we go. All right. Ah, Blake Bortles. Your new Vikings quarterback, December 9th, twenty thirteen. I, uh, I I was look at the timestamp yeah, on that. Yeah, this was two twenty five. Oh. Six months before. Oh, I didn't even notice the time.
Oh Captain. yeah. Oh yeah. This was How many in? This was So I was I wasn't 20. I was about to turn 21. Yeah, I was 20. Again, how I many was in? 20. I was probably a lot in. It's 225 in the That's morning at St. Cloud State. I probably had a lot of yeah. high lives. Yeah. As if we worry about turning 21 at oh, St. Cloud State. All right, so let's go through here. So he was, <laughs> this is when he was still in college, Yeah, right? I was a sophomore in college. No, I'm saying Blake Bortles, Blake Bortles was still in college. Also, yeah, it was right around the time I was trying to do some draft prospects because obviously the 2013 Vikings were, were a mess. They're going to look for a quarterback. I stumbled upon Blake Bortles, who was having a great year at UCF, and I thought, this is the guy. Did you do this after he played? I'm, I'm going to pull up his college game log here at UCF. He was good in college. He was fun to watch. Did he just get off of like a conference championship? Oh, my gosh. All right. Yeah. So what here's what it is. Okay. On December 7th, 2013, so this would have been just a couple days prior, which, by the way, December 7th, 2013, I be- I'm assuming that was a Saturday. So Declan's out on a Monday here at St. Cloud State, 220. Yep. No, th- I'm sorry. This would have been... 2.25 in the morning, so this is a Sunday night into a Monday, it looks like. Classic. For Guess you didn't make class next morning. Classic. And just 36 hours earlier, Blake Bortles in Central Florida beat Southern Methodist. They beat SMU to move to, is it 11-1 and one on the season? Because they, they didn't play again until New Year's Day. Blake Bortles went for 242, no touchdowns, no picks. Ayo. But he did run 10 times for three yards and two touchdowns, so he showed some mobility in that game. So you must have been. I was all in, man. You must have watched him against SMU and right. I, I, you know, Dante was a UCF guy, and I just thought, was he Dante was a UCF guy, wasn't he? Or he was Central, Central Florida. Florida. Yeah, he yeah. was Central he was. Florida. So yeah, I just thought, all right, this is the new guy, man. You, Declan Goff, is so scarred by Vikings quarterbacks. Like you are so. Your life has been ruined. Not not by a you know a woman. Well, not by circumstances. <laughs> quarterbacks have ruined your life. Uh, if you could rank the women and quarterbacks that have ruined your life, and you and you had a oh. list of five, how many are quarterbacks and how many are women? I love, I love this. Quarter, quarterbacks are by like or by ten, not even close. See? So like, it's more it's more quarterbacks than oh, women. Oh yeah, that yeah, your life? yeah. There's okay. there's only just a women come and go. Few. Quarterbacks yeah, yeah. are forever quarterbacks if you can find the right now. one, or they completely <laughs> screw you. Up. Absolutely, yeah, unless they want uh, guaranteed contracts like her cousins. Oh, in which case, I don't do guaranteed right. contracts, promise rings. I don't do that. That's not my game. It's not my game. So there it is. Old tweets exposed. If you have any from the archives that you'd like to bring to the equation De- here, just De- tweet De- at Dex's is- tweets. <laughs> Declan's life is a country song of quarterbacks. It is. Well, I had another quarterback today. He let me down in every way. Wow. There it is. There you go. Right there. <laughs> the old ode of Joe Webb, baby. Christian oh, there's, Ponder. There's probably some Joe Webb tweets. Actually, that maybe that's for next week. I, yeah. I remember distinctly <laughs> being at, in Dinky Town at a, at a kegger watching that unfold and being very excited after that first drive, and it went. Very much downhill afterwards. Bill Musgrave's finest moment. Mm-hmm. Let's talk to Dave St. Peter. Woo! Down the left field line. He's done it again. A three-run home run for Nelson Cruz. Kevin, don't you? Oh, yeah. High fly, left field. Deep, and it is gone. Nelson Cruz again against the White Sox. Twins president Dave St. Peter joins Mackie and Judd here. And uh, Dave, I'm going to play this one more time. The crack of a bat in an empty stadium is something I think we can all get used to. Oh, down the left field line. <laughs> He's done it again. kind of like that. Are you guys going to do cardboard cutouts at Target Field this week? Uh, we are. 
Uh, good to be with you guys. And I love the sound of the crack of the bat. Um, yeah, we are going to do some cutouts. We, we have a phased approach. We're opening up. We thought the best way to introduce the cutouts a little differently than maybe some of the other ballparks was to start out with the great uh, names in Twins history. Um, and we're going to, you're going to see a, a smattering of, of, of Twins alumni sitting behind home plate tonight from Kirby Puckett to Ken Herbeck to Kevin Tappany to Bombo Rivera. They will all be there in attendance, and over time you'll see season ticket holders have an opportunity and also the general public. We will do a, a cutout program over the course of the next month or so. Judd's got a couple he'd like to add. He mentioned Rich Becker as one. To no, Hoskin Powell. <laughs> Bombo and Hoskin, yeah, they go hand in hand. And Hoskin might have made the cut. I, I know yes. just so Dan Ford did, um, but uh, by all means, they will be there, and that will be some of the fun of watching uh, – Tonight's telecast is to, to see if you can ID everybody you see there. Yeah, that'll be my uh, test for you. Sid, Sid as well? Do, do we get the Sid cut out or no? Uh, you know, it's forthcoming. You know, I, I, I figured. Had, you know, up until this morning, I had high hopes that Sid himself might be in attendance. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, uh, yeah, there could end up being a cutout. You might see that. you got to wear the mask, though, and all that. And Sid probably doesn't like the mask, blah, blah, blah. Uh, so, so how weird or not weird was Weekend one of watching baseball with no fans. Yeah, you know, I, you know, actually, I think that was the beauty of what uh, Fox Sports North and the folks on Twins Radio did. Is I, I actually think when you listened or watched the telecast, outside of the obvious, you don't see fans, and you see a lot of guys wearing masks. I actually thought the telecast sounded and looked pretty pretty similar to what you traditionally would would, would have. Um, clearly that's not the case when you're inside of the, that environment, there's nothing normal about it. Um, I think there's, you know, obviously some learning that we're going to have over time about how we can continue to refine things like crowd noise and, and music and some of those other things that are, that are kind of aimed at, yes, making it better to watch, but also frankly focused on trying to provide a level of energy inside of a ballpark that fans that players can feed off of we've consulted heavily with our team about what they want in terms of the ambient noise inside the target field and uh, that includes even what's on the scoreboard and everything else they, they want it as normal as possible and they've pushed us hard to try to amp some of those things up so yeah what, what what were some of their concerns in terms of like i'm assuming they were concerned about just there being dead silence what, what, what yeah, were some of the feedback yeah. Well, we, when, when we came into summer camp, Bill, we, we, we had a couple inter-squad scrimmages where we just had dead silence. And, you know, to be honest with you, I don't think anybody really felt great about that. It was pretty clear that we needed to do something. We knew there was a crowd noise solution coming. But we talked also a lot about music. I think you're going to hear more music between at-bats beyond just uh, walk-up music and just trying to try to add some additional, um, some additional energy inside of the facility. So, David, as we start um, with no fans in, in the stands, can you see a day during the course of this 60-game 2020 season in which there are eventually fans in Target Field, if not a full house, like 5,000, or is that probably going to be a long shot just for the season? You know, I, Judd, it's, I wish I could tell you definitively one way or another. We, we don't know. Um, we have been in a very active conversation with the governor's office and the Department of Health. We've been in that conversation or side-by-side side with the St. Paul Saints, the Minnesota United, the Minnesota Vikings. And I do think there is a possible path for fans as part of Phase 3, similar to what Canterbury is doing. 
currently, um, where they're uh, abiding by phase three, but doing it in sections of 250. And um, that could play out at Target Field. It'll be extremely limiting in terms of the number of people you'll be able to put in the ballpark. And right now it's not an option for us because no major league ballpark has approval for fans. Mm -hmm. So for us, there's certainly a local government approval, but then there's also a major league baseball approval. And we are obviously focused on both of those. Uh, we will not have fans during the first homestand, and right now it's TBD whether there will be fans at any point, but the next possible time would be that second homestand, which starts August 14th. Uh, Dave St. Peter, how has the news of 17 Marlins players and or team personnel testing positive for COVID landed with you guys at the Twins? Uh, you know, it's you know it's, it's concerning, you know, just the, the significant number. Uh, I can't say it's shocking. I think we all knew going into this situ- season that there were going to be situations of this nature. And, you know, we're, we're, we're obviously we're very close to James Rousen, who's who's part of that group, and, and, and I've had some insight from James on kind of what they're dealing with. Um, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic that over time we can manage through this and keep our season going. Um, but clearly it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's more evidence that the virus uh, – is there and very real. And I know for us organizationally, uh, we will be doubling and tripling down on everything we can do to continue to remind our players and remind everybody inside of our environment about the need to follow protocols, both at the ballpark and away from the ballpark. And if that's got to be the toughest thing too, because, you know, people should be smart, but we are dealing with a group of young guys who are healthy and in great shape. And at, you know, 25, are, are we that smart? My guess is no. How big of a balancing act is that to to trust people who ordinarily might say, you know what, I'd really like to go get something to eat or go out. And, and if one guy does that and gets sick, the problem is the trickle down is it can spread through a clubhouse. Yeah, you know, it's, it's a challenge, um, uh, Judd, but it's, it's also one of those things where I think each team might be a little bit different in the sense that, you know, I think the, the Nelson Cruz's and Josh Donaldson's of the world, Taylor Rogers on the pitching side, you know, Rich Hill, you know, there's a voices that, that carry inside of clubhouses and there's a level of personal accountability and responsibility. And uh, you're right. We're dealing with some young athletes, but. You know, frankly, they're also dealing with people getting on planes and you've got flight attendants and uh, you've got people uh, in hotels, uh, cleaning rooms. So, you know, sometimes it's out of the control of a player. So I think it's unfair to say it's exclusively on the player. Some of it is just the system that we have trying to operate, um, frankly, outside of a traditional NBA-style model. It it feels like, and hopefully the whole season gets played out in, in whatever form here, but it feels like once we get to the end, um, the the teams that have the best records or the teams that have the best chance of winning the whole thing, more more than in a usual year, are the teams that are just going to avoid having players sit out. I mean, it, it, it almost seems like if clubhouses can make a pact and say, listen, let's we can win this thing. Let's make sure all of us are doing the right things when we leave the ballpark. It feels like attrition is a bigger theme this season than in any other season, Dave. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that, Phil. I, I think that that's very possible that, that when you look back at the end of the season, assuming we're able to finish it, is the teams that did the best job of staying healthy, and some of that is following protocol. Some of it might be just luck, um, are going are gonna to probably have the most success. And you know, you're gonna, your, your depth is going to be tested, not only from traditional injuries, but clearly from COVID. Yep. 
you know, outside of the Marlin situation, I will tell you, I think we're all feeling pretty good about the industry's testing and the way it is played out. Um, not to suggest it's perfect, not to suggest there aren't things we could learn, but the numbers have actually been better than I think most people anticipated. The Marlin situation is a challenge, and clearly we need to find ways to navigate through that and do everything we can to make sure that we can limit circumstances of that in the future. So that that being said, Dave, um, have you guys uh, talked about, especially in, in light of what's going on with uh, the Marlins, have you guys talked about the fact that we might not have to have every team play 60 games because it seems to me like you know if you've got to shut a team down because it's spreading for i don't know a week or or two it's not ideal but it's superior to that team spreading it to its opponents has there there been thought of with the expanded uh, 16 team playoff field that we might have to have a team play 50 games yeah Joe, there has not been a conversation that's included the owners or the team presidents that I'm aware of on that. Um, but yeah, I think what you point out is, is another example of a year when we as an industry have to be flexible. We have to be nimble. We have to understand that again, nothing's normal about this year. So it would not surprise me if we got to the end of the regular season and not every team had played 60 games. I know there will be some effort to try to make sure that doesn't happen, but there, you know, the, the pandemic is, is going to force all of us to maybe, contemplate things a little bit differently so i can tell you i'm you know the twins that would, would certainly be understanding if that was the case and and real quick dave for people that uh they're listening to this before the uh, festivities tonight what can people expect just in and around in, in a very non-traditional home opener tonight at target yeah. field yeah well you know i, I appreciate that so I, I hope people tune in and, and check out the pregame festivities you know from our first uh, meeting uh you know coming out of once it was clear we were going to play baseball, we talked a lot about the home opener. And, um, frankly, the fact that we were producing a television show, radio program, versus producing one for live fans. So a lot of thought has gone into this, trying to strike the right balance between multiple themes. Uh, we're celebrating the 60th season of Twins baseball, and there's certainly a, an element of that. There, we've gone through a in the middle of a historic pandemic and the loss of life and the Heroic work by essential workers, I think, is a story that needs to be told. And then, of course, we've dealt with so much social unrest since the uh, George Floyd uh, uh, situation. And, and that, we, we believe, is important for us to strike the right tone there as well. So all of those things come together. We're going to throw first pitch at 710, and the pregame festivities will start about 630, 645. But we think it'll be, uh, we think it'll be appropriate. We're excited, I know, to get going and uh, getting a chance to to watch baseball at Target Field is never a bad thing. I just I wish we could all be there in person, but yeah. t- tonight we're going to have to do it via television and radio. So go Bombo Rivera, man! I love it. <laughs> good call. <laughs> all right, guys, have a good day. All right, see, see you, Dave. That's Twins President Dave Saint Peter. Bombo Rivera, what a blast! I, th- I think you got to mix in some randoms. I think. But, well, he's he's as random Bumpy as it possibly can. gets. Yes, Hoskin Powell, Bombo, old school. Yeah, but I, late seventies. I, I think the uh, the Buck Buchanan. If you want to go early, oh, Rich 2000s, Beckers is a good one too. Rich Beckers. Oh yeah, they'll one. they'll probably do that. I love it. That's great. Let's make it happen. So uh, thanks to Dave St. Peter for, for joining us here, and um, and I think you know as as the Twins and Major League Baseball navigates these COVID outbreaks, Dave has always been pretty transparent on our show, and so I, I'd love to get him back on at some point. If this thing escalates even more and there's more cancellations and get his insights into what exactly is happening behind the scenes. But 
Twins and Cardinals tonight. Yeah. They're going to do it Homer Bailey. <laughs> we get to see Homer Bailey. Yes. Then Rich Hill. I'm pumped for Rich Hill because I think empty stadium Rich Hill is going to lead to a lot of F-bombs. Oh, you're going to get the, you're gonna get the uh, dump button used more than once on the FSN uh, telecast tomorrow night. Big Mountain. Patrick Royce, what's happening with you? Happy Twins home opener day. Wow, what a day for it, huh? Too bad people can't go watch it, including me. <laughs> yeah. Including me, band. I was uh, saying yesterday, I think, uh, I don't know if I've ever been in town since 65 and missed one. I was in, I knew, I was in Augusta a few years and uh, and missed it three, four times, five times maybe when I was down there, the home opener, but not uh, not of my own free will. <laughs> So the Strib's only got three seats. Is that what you told me yesterday and Unchained? Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know I don't blame them. I mean they can't. That's they take pretty good care of the of the Strib because I think there's only thirty five seats total, right? Yeah, something only like that. Thirty, thirty five. Yeah, they're only letting thirty five people in. So, uh, and uh, I think you, you can get one photographer in there, and they got to shoot it from the second deck, right? They're shooting it from platform. Oh, is that where they're doing it from? I didn't know that. Yeah, I think they're shooting them from there. But uh, yeah, what the heck? It's, I wonder if uh, I wonder if people can mill about. They probably can't, huh? You know, How so? like peek peek through the fence and stuff like you know. They probably have all that stuff blocked off too. Don't you? I mean, Declan would yeah. have the answer to that. I do. <laughs> I do have the answer to that. Don't, don't go yeah. to a parking garage. The Declan. main uh, thirty-four one lot. You know, like the main plaza. They they put like. Um, like barricades between the fences, so like you can't see. There's like there's like photos up of like the Bomba Squad and the players. So you before could go up there, you know, put your face right in front of the plaza on left field, and now they have yeah. all that blocked off. But if you do scale a parking garage, uh, you can look into the stadium from center field. Okay, now I can't remember. How about uh, how about from the Skyway there? Can you uh, you know that's like going to Target Center that sure. one there? Can you peek? Can you peek in and see maybe the pitcher or something? Maybe. There? Yeah, I think you can maybe but, see like the oh, left side back. of the infield, but I don't know. That's if you a good idea, it. Pat. Take binoculars. But the, but the back of the ramp right is not open. It's placed enclosed, right? So you'd have to get onto the roof, basically. Yeah. From there, exactly. Okay. All right. Are, are there any bars over there that look? Did any of them got the rooftops that look in? I don't think. Uh, I don't think that no, high up. No, no, no. I mean, there's there's some condo complexes, but I don't think they reach high enough. I think they're all like six, seven stories. The Lowe's Hotel across the street would probably be your best bet from a top <laughs> floor with binoculars. And Nelson Cruz could hit you from there. Yeah, catch yeah. Hit you. Good. Catch a damn ball. Man, is that something? Is that, you know, Paul Molitor being graded forty. Is a little different than this guy being great at forty, right? Because yeah. Molly was a, you know, Molly had that quick little swing, and was not a power hitter. He, you know, he'd run into one once in a while, hit a home run, but he was a double, single, double, triple guy. And uh, to have this guy be able to keep that bigger swing uh, quick enough to do this damage at age forty in a bigger body, he's dealing with a bigger body. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing. It looks like the best thing that ever happened to him was tearing that ligament on his wrist, right? Yeah. <laughs> Remember when we thought he was going to have to have his arm amputated, wouldn't play the rest of the year for about 48 hours, and then he said, you know, this feels pretty good. And then Morneau said, you know, I when I did that to my wrist, I played, he, well, he, he missed one game or something like that. So Morneau was kind of the one who assured us that uh, 
this wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but it was the panic in town was uh, certainly misplaced when you first heard about it. Yeah. So the Twins, the Twins scored 27 runs in their first three games against the White Sox, and I think for me, my my two takeaways were. All right, well, this offense is still ridiculous, and Josh Donaldson hasn't gotten it going, and Buxton hasn't played yet, and they and they still do what they did. And my second takeaway was the White Sox have a really impressive group of young players, and they've got some of the top prospects in baseball. But in classic White Sox fashion, that fan base loves to crown themselves before it's time. And I think it was a little bit of a wake up call that all right, you guys have a you guys got some nice things brewing for the future, but the Twins are still the team in this division, Pat. That was my takeaway. Well, it looked like it, certainly. Uh, you know, the White Sox, uh, Kopech decided not to pitch. Uh, you know, he wouldn't have been a starter for him, but he might have been pretty good out of the bullpen. And, uh, I, I, you know, they, they had, they thought they had seven starters. I thought Dylan Cease was supposed to pitch one of those games. I kind of liked him last year when I saw him, but he didn't. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're a little short on pitching. They're also a little, Short on catching the ball. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, I mean, you you would think that Robert and I were. It's the first Latin guy that I've ever had to pronounce his name Robert. But uh, I think he'll probably tighten it up out in center field. Eloy, uh, I I think he has an outfielder. Eloy is a hitter, and uh, he he kind of uh, showed that when he jumped into the fence for no reason. On, a, on that whole run by Cave, but uh, I think they're gonna, you know, they're. They, they, I don't know what they have for kid pitchers. They thought they they had three Tommy Johns last year, you know, and uh, supposedly uh, is it Rodan? Rodan, that's he's supposed to be back, mm-hmm. and uh, but we haven't seen him yet either. But I, yeah, they're uh, now uh, maybe we'll have a whole different view of uh, how the Twins uh, shape up after we watch Homer tonight. Well, that, I'm very curious. <laughs> yes, I'm very curious after the beating in Wrigley uh, Field, which was astounding, and we all you also got to see. Uh, come on, Jose! What uh, that was, Phil? I don't know about you, but I thought that was some of the worst stuff I've ever seen him throw. Jose Barrios. Yeah, there was no. Yeah, I mean, there's other times he's been bad, right? He's yeah. had those slumps, but it's because you know he wasn't getting in the right place. There was nothing on those pitches. Yeah, that's the that's the most hittable I've seen him in a long time in terms of just being able to make contact with his stuff and, and square it up. Yeah, and you never know with him. He's such a high strung guy that he might have just got himself all amped up waiting four months and. Uh, and uh, but uh, they certainly need him to be good uh, to accomplish anything. But really, the anxiety is gone now that sixteen teams are going to the playoffs, right? Correct. I mean, there's no way they can avoid the playoffs. That's what I you said. Know, if, if you win half of them, you're in, right? I, I would say if there's going to be several sub five hundred teams that get in the playoffs, absolutely. Right? If you look yeah. at any yeah. other year. Yes. Yeah, when you look at the fact the Yankees are going to win forty, and uh, you know a couple other clubs will probably win forty, and you know when when you get you know when you get those teams that are twenty games over five hundred, and you're putting six and you're putting eight teams in each league in the playoffs, you're right. Somebody's going to be twenty seven and thirty three. Right? I mean, last year, if you go look at the sixteen teams last year, uh, yeah, the cutoff would have been the Philadelphia Phillies were were exactly a 500 team. But there's other years where you'd have like 75 win teams getting into the playoffs if you took yes. 16. It's amazing. 
Well, what another thing that, that makes you, uh, you know, when you were looking from a distance, you thought, okay, Houston's better than, the, you know, the Yankees are better than the Twins, and it's better than the Twins. We, we know, know that. Well, now Houston's not better than the Twins because they don't have Verlander, and they let, let Cole walk, and they don't have Verlander, and all of a sudden they're saying, oh, good, we got Lance McCullers back. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> you know, that, uh, all of a sudden that's, uh, you know, that, that, Changes completely, which uh, poor Dusty man. Uh, Dusty can screw up pitching even when he has nothing to do. It's not his fault. <laughs> even when it's not. Dusty his should fault. have opted out at Dusty's <laughs> age. He should have said, "You know what? I'm just not going to do this." Sorry. Yeah, when they told him, when they told him, Verlander had the uh, quote, "I'm out." Forearm, forearm strain. He should have said, "You know." I'm 70. I've thought this over. Maybe not. I've had this lingering cough for, for a couple of days <laughs> yeah. that I'd like to bring up. I'm going to opt out. Yeah, that's true. So Marlins, we got three more Marlins. We're up to 12 Marlins. Uh, no, no, it's, it's more 17, right? 17 players and coaches as of like an hour ago. Well, what were they doing? French kissing? What the hell? What I don't know. Doing here? We need to find yeah. out. You know, investigative I journalism. Know. I mean, Miami is very, uh, very eclectic. The problem is they might have been kissing. We <laughs> yeah. don't know. Yeah. Well, that's uh, the, and we and they they called the Yankee game too. Why? Just out of precaution. Yeah. Because of the Phillies. Yeah, the, the Phillies. The Phillies and are they still don't know trying that. to figure out. Did they get you know right. swept up in Marlins COVID mania? Well, that's, <laughs> that's uh, wow, Miami, unbelievable. How about the Judd told me, and I didn't realize this, that, that they knew there was a little bit floating around and they decided to place anyway. They consulted the shortstop. They said, you think we should <laughs> play? He's like, yeah, play. let's play. Yeah, well, uh, Rob, Rob is going to have, you know, you can play a game, play with that taxi squad if you need, what, three, four players? You know, five maybe? You can't bring over 17 guys from the taxi squad and say, hey, this is our major league opponent, ladies and gentlemen. So, I mean, the Marlins, I the Marlins they, have they been doing have that to. for 10 years, Pat. I don't know what the difference would be. Play yeah. Jeter. You, you know, know what? what? <laughs> Jeter should suit up and come back and play yeah. shortstop. Let's see that. That'd be a draw. <laughs> I'm in Boy, for that. Has, changed, has his image changed being the executive of a team, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. We all knew he was a little arrogant. But, he, you know, and then, as a player, he kind of carried himself with – you know, as much humility as possible when you're when you're that, you know why Pat that status, but the boy, boy, you know why uh, Pat? Because he didn't talk too much as a player. The problem is, if he has to talk, it shows up that he's an arrogant yeah. jerk. Yeah, he always said. You know, I always said he did his duty. You know, he did uh, what he had to do. Uh, he, you know, he'd answer questions afterwards. He wouldn't tell you anything, but he, but he did. You know, he did. He did the the post game interviews and. And that stuff, but you're right. Now that he's actually got has to gone off, now that he's actually being asked pointed questions, uh, he's uh, having a little harder time expressing himself. That's for sure. Yep. So, all right, Pat. Who well, did he end up marrying? Who did he end up marrying? Did he marry? Uh, he yeah. married Hannah Davis, right? Yes. Is Hannah Davis? Yes, he did. He did marry Hannah. Davis. Yeah, he did. Well, he did just fine. He's got that going for him. Okay. All right. All right, Good Pat. Enough. We'll see you. Later. <laughs> see you, Roy. See you. <laughs> Bye. All right. Yeah, I think Hannah Davis was like 23 when they met or something. Wasn't she doing like direct TV commercials at she some was. point in time? Yeah. Hannah Jeter is now her new so name. So she was the last recipient of the Derek Jeter gift bag, and then he put a ring on it? 
It's a gift basket. Basket. Yeah, it was me. not a gift bag, dude. It was it's a, a basket, basket with okay. a signed I just, baseball. I just say, can you take out the claw recycling when you leave? And then that's that's usually how I might I guess proceed. Oh, gee, I wonder why uh, women break your heart. Yeah, weird. Women uh, break his heart. And the quarterbacks do the worst. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Kirk, take out the claws. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you. I don't want to see you again. Uh, that's a wrap on this episode of Mackie and Judd. Tomorrow we dive into write that down predictions and an accountability session. And uh, with baseball season having started, a lot of things are going to come off the board. So we appreciate you listening to us, and we would appreciate to a five-star review on Apple or anywhere you can give us a positive word about the podcast. And uh, go tell a couple friends that sports are back, and Mackie and Judd are talking twins on a daily basis. See you guys. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.